welcome to checking out the competition, which regrettably has turned into a sporadic podcast because life. Um, but we are going to talk about the Detroit Red Wings tonight, and we are joined by friend of the pod, formerly of Winging It in Motown, now certified free agent, Peter Flynn. Pete, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Uh, it's a wonderful, beautiful day here in New Jersey. Um, it certainly is not raining like crazy and dreary but yeah it's freezing and raining here in delaware it's very unpleasant oh yeah it's absolutely gross here (laughs) it is ridiculous so it is uh, as we're recording this thursday january 19th the flyers and the red wings have not yet played a single hockey game this season so gonna be our first time seeing detroit um so given that why don't you kind of give us a kind of like you know, bird's eye view run through of what the seasons looked like so far for the wings. Sure. Yeah. Um, this was a season that many Detroit fans um, were looking towards as kind of like the next step forward in the rebuilding process. Um, I don't think there were very many people that were thinking Detroit was going to be a contender this year. Um, But, you know, I don't think in the beginning of the season, I don't think the playoffs were out of the realm of possibility for um, at least most fans in terms of, you know, things that they thought were possible. Um, Whereas in previous years, it was basically like, okay, what's the draft pick going to be? Um, You know, how badly are we going to get screwed by the lottery? Um, spoiler pretty badly every single year um but uh you know most people thought that you know i mean not most people thought you know eiserman went out and spent some money he brought in some free agents and you could tell that he was trying to make the move to be more competitive um i don't you know he wasn't breaking the bank to try to completely revamp the team and go on a you know try to you know go on a cup run or or you know even a deep playoff run um, but you know, he brought in some some players, some you know, some quality veterans. Uh, you know, some players that were uh, you know seemed like they could make a you know an impact on the team. And um, along with the addition of you know or the uh, you know ascendance of some some rookies or some, you know some younger players, obviously more cider winning you know rookie of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of positive energy going into this year. It seemed like. Um, and I think that I think that kind of kind of held for a while. Um, okay. And I don't I don't think th- the vibe is not um, the vibes are not as strong as as my students would say. Is that right? Yeah. The vibes have turned. In yes. Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Um, looking at the standings right now, uh, I, I, you know, at, at American Thanksgiving, they were in a playoff spot, which we know historically mm. is usually an accurate uh you know usually means that the team is going to be in the playoffs although not always um but as we record um they have 44 points and right now Pittsburgh is in the second wild card spot with 51 so seven point deficit with roughly the same number of games played so you know we're halfway through the season and the playoffs are still not out of reach. Um, you know, I think Detroit could definitely turn it around, but uh, I, I don't think people are quite as optimistic, uh, to put it a little bit mildly. Yeah, somehow uh, Detroit has fallen below your Philadelphia Flyers. 
the yeah, hottest team in the that. NHL. Yay. Um, but yeah, 18, 17, and 8 so far this season. 44 points, like you said. Um, seventh overall if you're looking at the, the wild card version of the standings. Um, so I guess, I guess for me from the outside, I... I would have expected that this was the vibe heading into the season. Like, I know that, you, like you said, they added some guys. But also, like you said, this is still a team in the middle of a rebuild. Like, they've not come out of it yet. So it's interesting to me that fans were, you know, really feeling like the playoffs were in reach this year. Well, I mean, and and I mean, they, you know, it seemed like they were for a, yeah, a chunk, a chunk of the season. Um you know, uh, you know, I know, I know, I think a little bit later we'll be talking about specific players, but I mean, you know, Dylan Larkin's a point of game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Philip Peronick has tailed off a little bit, but he's, you know, 31 points in 43 games. Uh, you know, no, I don't think anybody expected that. Um, and you had other players like Dominic Kubelik and, um, you know, newcomers like, uh, you know, well, Kubelik is a newcomer, you know, David Perron. Um, and then, you know, Lucas Raymond playing really, really well, uh, you know, it, it didn't really seem that that far fetched. And I think if you look back um, injuries and, you know, I mean, every team has injuries, but yeah. I think injuries and then, uh, you know, the loss of one player that we could talk about um, has, you know, kind of really, you know, took the wind out of their sails a little bit, I think. So I don't you know, you know, I don't think that that's. Um, uh, you know, I don't think it was too unrealistic for for the team to at least make a push for a playoff spot this year. Who is this one player you speak of? Um, I am talking, of course, uh, well, maybe of course, of uh, Jacob Verana. Um, ah, yes. yes, yes, and you know, just you know, for you know, I, I know obviously it was kind of national news, um, but you know, obviously I'm not going to get into any speculation. But the facts that we have um, is that. You know, seemingly for, you know, out of nowhere, which, of course, is, you know, kind of how it would work for fans. Uh, Jacob Rana, it was announced that he was entering the uh, NHL Players Assistance Program, mm-hmm. which often is related to substance abuse, but it doesn't have to be. It could be something else. Um, there's other options. You know, it's just like a lot of times people kind of jump to that. Um, you, you know, sometimes in the past when players have shared, like Bobby Ryan have, you know, have shared Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what they were struggling with. A lot of times it is that. Um, but as far as I know, we don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it did come out and I wasn't paying attention. But, um, you know, and so he was, you know, he's gone for a while. And I mean, that was a a big blow because, you know, he was, you know, he was considered to be, you know, a top six winger. You know, there's going to be putting up a lot of points for the team, hopefully. Uh, and then he you know, obviously was, was, you know, gone for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. And then since he's come back, they sent him down to the AHL on a, a conditioning stint. Um, and they actually put him on waivers. Uh, and a lot of people were taken aback. Uh, you know, again, I don't want to speculate. I don't know the reasons why they put him on waivers. It could have just been as simple as, Iserman didn't think he would get claimed and he wanted the roster space, you know, he wanted the cap yeah. space. I mean, yeah. that's, I think that's an entirely possible solution. However, since he's come back, he has not been playing well uh, mm. in the AHL. And, you know, if you're a, you know, expected to be a top six score in the NHL and you're not scoring at the AHL level, that's really bad. That's not good. Um, just in terms of hockey. Uh, 
And so, I mean, that's, that's kind of been a big deficit and, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi has been out for large chunks of the season from injury. Uh, mm. And I mean, you know, those are two top six forwards, you know, you take those players out and uh, you know, I mean, you know, pretty much any team in the league, you take out two of their top six forwards, they're probably going to struggle a little bit. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I can confirm that when you lose a bunch of players for whatever <laughs> yeah. reason, you you tend to have a bad time. Um, <laughs> so getting into individual players a little bit, I was um, curious about Moritz Seider that you mentioned, rookie of the year last year, obviously an extremely good hockey player. Mm-hmm. Um it seems like his scoring pace has kind of fallen off a bit from last year. Last year, he had uh, 50 points in 82 games this season, 20 points in 43 games. So, you know, if he continues on this pace, he's probably going to finish a, a touch below where he did last season. Um, does that worry you in any way, shape or form? Or does he still look like the player that won rookie of the year last year? Um, I mean, you know, it's it's not too it's you know, it's not too unusual for a uh you know for a rookie even even a rookie of the year to you know take a step back their sophomore year i mean it's pretty standard uh not always the case of course but you know it's 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 usually something that is um i don't know if you want to use the word expected i mean honestly i think i think if i were in charge i would kind of expect it because it seems to happen very often uh you know i think i think part of it too is uh you know he played a lot of the season with uh uh ben Chirot, uh who is not known for his <laughs> being good NHL, at hockey. <laughs> nhl caliber defensive skill uh <laughs> on either side of the ice um and i mean i don't know i i think maybe after seeing last year um you know after seeing him do well uh you know with some less than stellar play from his defensive partner. They're like, Hey, we could just kind of put him with anybody, you know? Um, and he, you know, but now he has been paired with, uh, Jake Wallman. Uh, and you know, I think that, that, that's probably a better pairing. I think I don't, I don't, you know, um, you know, I don't, obviously it's kind of, you know, stuff like that is kind of, uh, uh, you know, can be in flux, you know, kind of goes a little bit, but, um, I mean, honestly, pretty much anybody on the team, I think would be a better partner for him. So, Mm. you know, I, I do think that's part of it. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I don't, it doesn't seem like a lot of fans are worried about him long-term. So I think that's kind of the way to look at it. Yeah. It it would probably be a little bit crazy at this point to be worried about him long-term. Um, Outside of Dylan Larkin, who you mentioned is just about a point per game player because he's ridiculously good. Um, who else would you say has been playing particularly well? Um, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, Hronik has, has kind of fallen off a little bit. Like he was kind of he was on a ridiculous pace earlier in the year, if I remember correctly. Um, and, you know, he's still I mean, he's third on the team in scoring. That That's crazy. Uh, you know, I think. uh Let's see. Um, I'm looking at the roster here. Um, you know, uh, you know. Also, I mean, Kubalik. I, you know, I think he, he's, he's definitely come back down to earth. But you know, there's a while where people are like, "Holy crap!" You know, this, <laughs> you know, this guy's amazing. Um, and you know, I think fans have been pretty excited about, um, and kind of up and down, but you know, pretty excited about the play of Lucas Raymond, um, in terms of you know, coming in and putting up numbers, uh, you know, right now he, you know, 30 points in 43 games, you know, 13 goals, 17 assists. So, um, 
you know, that's uh, you know, not too shabby. No, um, no, it's not. You know, he, he does have a 17.6 uh, shooting percentage, which is, I would imagine, unsustainable, um, <laughs> unless maybe he's a phenomenon. Uh, but, you know, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I think, you know, I don't think that's the entire reason that he's doing well. I mean, I think he is kind of showing that he is, you know, he was a great draft pick. Uh, he's a great choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I had mentioned before, how Detroit's history is um, to get screwed by the draft or screwed by the draft lottery. Um, and, you know, lose out on, oh, the number one player, the number one player, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, as we've seen, you know, you can get franchise defining players at, you know, positions other than number one or number two. Uh, it, it, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, uh, I'm not saying Lucas Raymond is a franchise player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I don't think it's, I don't, you know, at this point in his career trajectory, it doesn't seem too out of place to say he could be, you know, a really big star. Um, at least a very good player. And and that's pretty good. You know, if your first round pick is a very good player, that's, that's a pretty good. Uh, who, who's been a disappointment so far this season? Huh? Let's see. That is an excellent question. Uh, I mean, I think so far and, and it's kind of it, it, some people listening might say it's unfair to say this um and i want to qualify my answer but i think you know tyler bertuzzi's season has been disappointing and i don't want to put i don't want to say he has specifically been a disappointment um and the reason why is again because he's been out so often he's only played 14 games uh you know he has 5 points which is obviously you know, not what he is typically used to, to, to putting up in, you know, in terms of point, per, you know, points per game. Uh, he only has one goal in 14 games and that's, you know, much, much, much lower than you would expect to get from him. Um, you know, he, he's shooting under 4%, which obviously needs to, to change. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I, I do think it would probably be unfair to him to say, Oh no, like what's, you know, he's fallen off hard. Like, I do think the injuries have been, you know, a really big part of the story, but, you know, just, just from a standpoint of what you were hoping for to, you know, to get from a player to what you ended up getting from him so far, I think that would be probably the, I don't know if the biggest disappointment, um, you know, because I, I am, I am uh, not considering Verana, which I think you could probably make an argument for in terms of on ice play, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you want to try to separate on ice and off ice stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't really feel comfortable calling him a disappointment um, because who knows what's going on? I have no clue and I don't want to speculate. But, um, yeah, I think I'd have to go with Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, mm. I don't think that's the only answer. Um, and again, you know, I mean, it, the season's, you know, still still half half, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, 40, uh, 39 games left. Yeah, 30? there's tons, tons yeah, of games yeah. left. Yeah, I mean, just just looking to see, like, I, I can't remember who's played every game. It looks like 43 is the high. So, yeah, 39 games left. You know, plenty of time, uh, plenty of time. So I completely forgot this little nugget of information. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if people listening to this did as well. Um, our old pal Robert Haig is mm. a Detroit Red Wing. He's only played 13 games. Mm. Is he hurt or is he just bad? Could be either of <laughs> one of those things, really. Um, let me see. Probably could have looked this up before. But. This is podcasting, folks. Let's see. Yeah, I'm currently in the lineup. 
Uh, he is not hurt, just yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to ask if there's anything to be said about Robert Haig, and I, I clearly the answer is no, which is kind of <laughs> what I expected, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, I mean, right now, other obviously, you know, uh, Bertuzzi, like I said, has a lot of, uh, you know, injury problems. Um, but I mean, if you look at the the injuries on, I'm mean, looking at Daily Faceoff, um, the only real player, you know, real roster player who's injured is Philip, Philip Sedina. Uh, he's missed a lot of the season. Um, I think he's he's only played nine games, um, and he's still hurt. So. Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, you know, that's another big, you know, that's another big loss. I mean, he's a player that they were looking to take a step forward this year um, to build off of some of the promising parts of last season. Uh, you know, he's shown that he can be maybe not the NHL score that they were hoping for when mm-hmm. they drafted him. But, you know, uh, somebody who could contribute at the NHL level at, you know, higher level than, you know, kind of like a top nine player, maybe even top six. Um, and you know, to have him only play nine games so far is, is, is pretty hard. So I want to talk a little bit about goaltending. Um, Ville Husso is obviously the clear number one for you guys. Magnus mm-hmm. Helberg, the backup, um, neither one of them particularly great numbers. Husso has an eight ninety nine, Helberg an eight eighty nine. Um, how do you feel about the goaltending? Are, are you worried that that is a position that's going to hold Detroit back from getting better or, are these guys kind of like a stopgap during the rebuild? I mean, I don't think either one of these goalies is thought of as like, oh, one of the, you know, one of these guys is going to be our next number one goalie when we're good. Um, I mean, I think, I think Huso, I think they were kind of maybe hoping that, you know, I mean, you know how goalies are. Uh you know, you get a goalie uh, that's not on your team. They come in and all of a sudden, like, you know, it's like, hey, they were just waiting to waiting to put on the winged wheel and now they're ready to play, you know. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, they've, uh, you know, they've made goaltender a position where they've, fo- you know, they've, they've been drafting people. Uh, mm-hmm. and they spent a first round draft pick, um, you know, on a goalie, uh, which I personally was not a fan of and and that's not to uh you know that you know that's not to uh you know put anybody down specifically but it's just i mean i in my mind if you are going to draft a goalie first you know not first overall but in the first round yeah you better not miss uh because you are wasting a valuable resource if you do yes Um, just with the history of you know i mean yeah sometimes you get you know, Roberto Luongo, sometimes you get Rick DiPietro. Um, and, you know, both, you know, both of them, you know, uh, I'm trying to remember, was Luongo first overall? I know he's first round. DiPietro was definitely first overall. Luongo I, was very early, if not first overall. I somehow completely forgot that Rick DiPietro existed. <laughs> I, I have not. Uh, <laughs> he, I, I, I was actually, uh, oh, he was, a, let me see, I, uh, 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 number four, that's it. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, Luongo was number four. DiPietro was number one. So the Islanders drafted Luongo, uh, and then they traded him either the following year or the year after um, in order to draft DiPietro number one overall. Um, I have in my possession a New York Islanders puck signed by Lo- Roberto Luongo. Oh. Yeah, I was uh, recording with uh, Dan Saracini uh, two nights ago, and I told him about that, and he was very jealous. Dan's the best. Yes. Yeah, um, 
Is there anything else you think a bunch of Flyers fans watching the Detroit Red Wings for presumably the first time this season need to know heading into this game? Um, this year, our, cult, our coach is a different bald person. So they might get confused, just like Pierre Maguire. Um, it, you can't. It's hard to tell those guys apart. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was a Detroit game, wasn't it? Where Pierre Maguire uh, interviewed the wrong coach on the bench because. Did that happen? Yeah. He confused two, two bald men for each other. That sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, you know, last, uh, you know, the Islanders parted way or not the Islanders. I'm sorry. I was recording with Dan uh, two nights ago and I got <laughs> Islanders on the brain. Um, but, uh, you know, Jeff Blaschel's tenure with the Red Wings came to an end uh, and they brought in Derek Lalonde from uh, basically they just kind of did a, you know, a little swapsy with uh, Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they gave him Jeff Blaschel, and uh, they took Derek Lalonde. Uh, so they swapped assistant coaches, um, but we made their assistant our head coach. Um, Ooh. Jeff Blaschel went from head coach to assistant coach. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, I mean that is, honestly, in my opinion, that is a major change. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, been, it's been two years since I've written about the Red Wings, but um, – I came to the conclusion much earlier than Detroit did, or I mean, maybe, maybe they came to the conclusion and just didn't make the decision or just didn't make the move. But I came to the conclusion, uh, you know, before I stopped writing uh, that Jeff Blaschel was not the answer as the head coach for the Red Wings. Um, And, you know, Lalonde has uh, done some, some definitely positive things. He's, he's not done some of the things that I didn't like with Blaschel. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's obviously an improvement Um, for a little bit. The the special teams were doing really well in terms of uh, like the power play was finally clicking. Uh, They finally. um, Basically, this is incredibly frustrating, uh, but I spent years um, talking about how their power play had. Uh, did not have a right shooting forward um, on the half walls. And so mm-hmm. basically, you know, in the standard one three one that most teams use, um, you need, you know, you should have a, you know, a right-handed shot on the left side and then a left-handed shot on the right side for one timer. Uh, you know, you can get the one timer off quicker. Um, that's what all good teams are doing. And Detroit just didn't do that. Um, and then this year, they actually had the personnel to do it. And it took them a while. It took them, I, I forget, it took, it took them way too long. Um, and you're not going to guess what happened when they did that. They started scoring more. It's crazy. What? I know. It was, it was incredibly frustrating. I wanted to bang my head against the wall. But, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Last I think question. I answered your question. Maybe. I don't you, know. I think you did. I just um, talked a lot until hopefully I've answered it. I mean, honestly, that's the best way to handle any <laughs> podcasting situation. I think you just talk and talk and talk and talk yep. and talk yep. and hope that uh, eventually something good comes out. Yep. Um, give me a final score prediction for funsies. Oh, yeah. I forgot about these. That's um, right. Yeah. I'm going to do I'm going to do what I did last time uh, is I'm going to do I'm going to pull up my dice rolling app. All right. So Detroit's going to be first Detroit five. Wow. That's exciting. Ooh. Philadelphia six. Oh my god! That's it's going to be a shootout. You heard it here first, so that means it's going to be zero zero and go to a shootout. A barn burner. Mm. I would love to see it. At least it would be fun, right? 
What is your prediction? I'm going to go. The Flyers are doing this infuriating thing where they're insisting on winning hockey games <laughs> over and over again. Um, for the most part, they have been beating teams that are, you know, kind of around their level standings wise. So, you know, bad teams. Um, given where Detroit is sitting in the standings right now, I'm going to say that the Flyers are going to win. I'll go, I'll go three, one Flyers. I would prefer that they lose. Honestly, they gotta, <laughs> they gotta knock it off. It's getting a little, they're going to play themselves right out of a, a lottery pick, which is yeah. a real problem for all of us. <laughs> um, Peter, thank you so much for doing this. If you would like to, you can tell people where they can find you on the internet. Absolutely. Um, currently, I am deactivated from Twitter. Uh, it is a choice I made. Um, I did try to get banned for a while when uh, he who shall not be named uh, took over uh, just because I wanted to see how far I could push it. And uh, I guess he didn't really care about my account. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm P Flynn 42 on pretty much any show, social media platform I'm on. Uh, but uh, I am not writing about hockey anymore. In fact, I'm not really writing any type of you know articles or anything like that. But um, I am recording an album. Uh, and that is very exciting yes. for me. That's yeah, so, so fun. You can find me on, uh, well, I'm kind of on other stuff, but SoundCloud uh, is where the majority of it is right now. Uh, just search for Activate the Queen. Um, and uh, that's my project name, band name, what do you want to call it? Um, and basically what I'm doing, the short version is I'm recording, I'm, I'm writing and recording a, like a solo album. Um, and as I kind of finish the basics of each song i'm putting them out as like a demo uh just to kind of put them out there um and then once i finish i'm going to go back with all the stuff i'm learning about recording and you know producing and everything uh, i'm going to go back and redo everything and then put it out as an album uh and it'll be everywhere i'm i'm technically on spotify but there's just one song up there now just so i could have uh the artist page mm. uh, but yeah yeah so it's activate the queen um has nothing to do with Queen Elizabeth. Uh, is it a chess reference? It, it is strange. It is um, one of the, because uh, England has had so many uh, prime ministers recently. One of the prime ministers was in trouble. I know it's hard to believe, uh, some type of scandal. <laughs> um, and they were talking about some type of parliamentary procedure. And they're like, if this keeps going on, they're going to have to activate the queen. And I was <laughs> like, that's an amazing phrase. Uh, and so I, I took it. I, I I really like it. I don't know what it means. No clue. It, no clue what it means. It doesn't but. have to mean anything. It's a cool set of words. Yep. Sounds cool. Yep. Was it uh, um, Will Ferrell? I think it was at the... Uh, 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 oh my god uh, the, 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 the song uh, the, the song with Kanye and uh, Jay-Z that I cannot say the name of. Oh, uh, uh, yes. And uh, it's like, nobody knows what it means. But it's provocative. So, yeah, that's basically what it was. There you go. Yep. Tattoo that on my body. Pete, <laughs> thank you so much once again. I hope that if you choose to watch this game, you enjoy it. Yeah. I hope everyone listening enjoys it. Absolutely. I kind of hope, hope we get the barn burner. It'll be more yeah. fun than my boring three to one game. Yeah, yeah. All right, everyone. Go Flyers.